are young. More specifically, you're 35 years old. 35 is young in the grand scheme of things. Though you're young, as every year goes by, you feel your dreams being abandoned one by one, like cars in a snowstorm. You work at the Constructabare Warehouse. It's a store where children come in and choose the component parts and outfits for a teddy bear that they would like. And you construct them, like a New Jersey mall Dr. Frankenstein. You've been there for 10 years. On your 10-year anniversary, you were given a custom-made 10-year anniversary bear, wearing a bomber jacket and flying goggles. You threw it in the lake. This is not your dream. You are not living your dream. In fact, you've forgotten what your dream ever was. Perhaps you wanted to be a football player or a ballerina or an astronaut. You can't remember anymore. You are a bear technician at a Constructabare warehouse. There must be more to life than this, you think, ramming the stuffing nozzle into the polyester anus of a synthetic bear skin and turning on the pump. As the bear begins to fill, your mind wanders. What were your dreams when you were younger? When you were five years old, you wanted to be a cowboy. You remember that? You reflect on how irresponsible it was of your parents not to tell you that being a cowboy isn't a viable modern occupation. In fact, they encouraged the delusion, buying you an entire cowboy costume with hat, waistcoat. This is definitely partially their fault. Excuse me, excuse me, hey. The child in front of you is shouting. You've learned to filter that sound out by and large, but the tone of this child is even more alarming than usual. You tune back into the room. The motor in the stuffing pump is screaming. The bearskin is so filled with stuffing that a seam begins to strain at the top of the bear's head. The stuffing is still being pumped in at great speed. Before you have time to react, the bear's head splits open and explodes all over the child. The bear looks like it's taken a direct shot from a concealed sniper. My name is Helen Bells. I used to be the Beef and Dairy Network's in-house accountant. I was brought in when Dominic Bumran retired. When I came in on my first day, within about half an hour it was clear to me that Dominic had left a huge mess to the extent that I think he probably wasn't even an accountant. 
He was meant to be there for my first day to help me transition into the job, but he seemed very stressed. He was stress-eating yoghurt from what looked like a household bucket. So, yoghurt all down his face and suit. He was crying. And at ten past nine, he threw a big manila folder onto my desk and left the room weeping, and I never saw him again. The folder contained all the financial information for the company, and it was a mess. Over the next few days, I tried to piece together a picture of what was going on, and it wasn't pretty. It surprised me to learn that the Beef and Dairy Network is actually registered as a tractor repair business in Korea. Most of our assets were in shares in Blockbuster Video. We'd invested heavily in a company that makes personalised vinegars. We hadn't paid any tax of any kind since 1997, and they won't like me saying that because as far as I know, they still haven't paid that back. And on top of that, we had huge debts. Just an example, we owed 150 million to the Estonian government, and it wasn't at all clear to me what had happened to the money. And it wasn't all in money. Some of it was in grain. We owed several millions of tons of grain. I tried to contact Dominic to find out what was going on, but there was no way to contact him. He was never seen again, by the way. No one knows where he is. Behind the shop floor of the Constructor Bear warehouse is a break room where staff are able to relax and press chewing gum onto the underside of the seats. You have 20 minutes of your lunch break left. You look at your phone. You've had an email from a website you bought a cheese grater from nine years ago. You must have made thousands of bears over the years. Football player bears, ballerina bears, astronaut bears, cowboy bears. You feel empty. Maybe you should turn the stuffing nozzle on your own anus. There's a notice board on the wall of the break room. Back when sending postcards was a thing that people did, members of staff would send postcards in when they went on vacation, and they'd go up on the notice board. They remain there now, yellowing relics to vacations past, dusty remains of momentary escapes. 
But something is different. There's a new one. For the first time in at least five years, there's a new one. You wonder who sent this. No one's been on vacation. The postcard has a picture of vast fields, a cloudless sky, and at the bottom is written, Wish you were here in East Wyoming. You turn over the postcard, and on the back is a crude drawing of a smiling cowboy making the thumbs-up gesture. A speech bubble comes from his mouth, and inside it, it's an address. Taylor's Tavern, Antelope Gap, Chug Creek, Wyoming. You look back at the cowboy's face, and now he's winking. You don't know why, but as if compelled by some higher force, you leave your Constructor-Bear lanyard in the break room, walk out through the store, down into the underground parking lot. You get into your 2009 Hyundai, and you drive west. 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 In Dominic's desk was one drawer that was locked with a key. The key was nowhere to be found, and I couldn't get hold of Dominic, so I broke it open. I shoved a metal ruler in behind the lock and pushed. It sprang open and outspilled what I later counted were 120 letters. Each one was postmarked Wyoming in America, and each one was exactly the same. A single piece of paper folded in half, and on it written, The loaves must be made. Your Hyundai reaches East Wyoming. And because you're in it, you do too. The sky seems bigger. You breathe more deeply than maybe you ever have. Taylor's Tavern is a shabby bar where flies outnumber humans 20 to 1. It's the sort of depressing bar you can find in any town in America. Any town in the world. You don't know this, but last night a man lost a bet and had to swallow the eight ball from the pool table. Or maybe he won the bet. Right now, he's in the hospital being scanned. You look around the room searching for something that would justify the 31 hours of driving. What were you hoping for? You order a beer. What now? A tall, thin man comes in wearing a grubby jacket and sunglasses. He's almost exactly like a bird in almost every way. He sits opposite you. You can smell bread on his breath. It's both pleasant and very unpleasant at the same time. The man asks if you're looking for work. You say that you suppose you are. He asks if you're afraid of hard work. He says that people are afraid of hard work these days and spits what looks like a piece of lung onto the floor. He says something very surprising. He says, I've seen you at the Constructor Bear. The bears you make are exquisite. Just exquisite bears. 
Before you have time to ask this man how he's seen you making teddy bears in a mall 2,000 miles away, he stands up and says, opposite the fire station in town, be there tomorrow, 7 a.m. sharp. You shake his hand. It's like fondling a cuttlefish. My name is Pamela Carstairs and I'm an entertainment journalist based in, you guessed it, Hollywood, America. The actor Ted Danson is by no means the first person in Hollywood to be paid in something other than currency. You know, what you have to take into consideration here is the brain of an actor is actually more similar to the brain of a squirrel or a lizard than a normal human. In fact, there was even a famous study done where they showed some veterinary students the brain of a salmon and the brain of an actor, and those students couldn't tell them apart. And that does lead to actors, of course, being, as we know, incredibly superstitious people. Many of them are prone to believing conspiracy theories. You know, they're drawn in by by cults, things like that. For example, Paul Giamatti believes that the Earth is a giant gooseberry or a raspberry. He can't decide, but he knows it's one of the two. Helen Hunt, she thinks that every time you take a photo on your phone, it's looked at by the Queen So, you see, because of this, many of these celebrities are sceptical about the government. They're mistrustful of the money system. And and this is by no means a new thing. It goes back to the golden age of Hollywood. You know, Marilyn Monroe was was famously paid in vouchers uh, for Garden Centre. Cary Grant was paid in iron girders. Uh, And in the modern day, Jennifer Aniston, you might not know this, is paid in compliments. She walks into a room and they say, you know, you look beautiful today. You're a good person. What a lovely manicure. And then she leaves and deals with the huge financial problems that that she has because she's never earned a single cent throughout really her entire career. Chris Pratt is the same. So far in his career, he's just been working for exposure. You know, they say, Chris, we're doing a Jurassic Park film. You know, we've got the Raptors on board. It'll be great exposure for you. And he says, yeah, let's raise this profile. Let's 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 get people knowing who I am. But what he doesn't realise is obviously people do know who he is. And, you know, he could be asking for millions and millions of dollars. The sun is rising. You're stood alone at the side of the road. The effects of last night's beer are building behind your eyes. Your memory is hazy. This is where he said to wait, isn't it? A battered old bus arrives. The door opens. The driver, an ancient, wrinkled former police officer who two nights ago bet a man he couldn't swallow an eight ball, says, The fields? You here for the fields? 
you suppose that you are. Ted Danson was the first actor to specifically be paid in grain. It was the first day of the set of Cheers and the producer goes around and says to them, well, you know, how, how do you want to be paid? And, you know, John Ratzenberger says, obviously, I want to be paid in ham. Rhea Perlman says, I'll be paid in air miles. And the story goes that the actor Ted Danson had actually assumed that he would be getting money but he'd been reading an article in National Geographic about the geopolitical importance of grain and he just blurted out, give me grain and give me lots of it. And the rest is history, really. Once I'd pieced it together, basically the Beef and Dairy Network owes the actor Ted Danson 29 million tonnes of grain. Or rather, it did owe the actor Ted Danson 29 million tonnes of grain. With the interest, it's now probably something closer to 50 million. In wheat speak, that's 1,837,185,833 bushels. So at an average yield of 49 bushels per acre, which is what you'd expect based on recent average yields, you'd need to harvest 37,493,508 acres of wheat field, which would be an area about the size of Tunisia. When I told this to the board, their response was that I should start making inquiries. And long story short, I had to write an email to the president of Tunisia, which, well, I tried to explain, even if for some reason the president of Tunisia had decided to turn over his entire country to the creation of grain, which I felt was unlikely. It wouldn't work because half of it is desert. And the board didn't seem to understand this. It was incredibly frustrating. I left the job soon afterwards. It's a poisoned chalice for any accountant. And actually, I left accountancy behind altogether, and now I run a tortoise polishing business. Loads of people have pet tortoises, but don't realise that if you really buff them up, they'll shine like a lovely coffee table. So if anyone is listening and wants me to buff their tortoise, I charge by the square inch, and you can find me at shinytortoise.net. Actor Ted Danson takes a sip from his first coffee of the day and stands on the balcony of his palatial villa. The actor Ted Danson looks out over his land. The grain fields. The rivers feeding water into the grain fields. The sun beat down on the grain fields. This feels good, thinks the actor Ted Danson. Everything I can see as far as the horizon not only do I own, it is all perfectly optimized for the creation of grain. And what is grain? It's a store. A store of the sun's energy. A natural battery. 
and soon the grain will be ready to be harvested and the grain will be in my hands. The sun will be in my hands and I will be the Lord of the sun. And I will be the Lord of the sun. I will be the Lord of the sun. More after this. Certain people just make my life easier. For example, I have a vast team of people who make it possible for me to always be within 40 seconds of the teat, by which I mean I can have fresh milk in my mouth, and by fresh I mean it came out of a teat less than 40 seconds ago. Now, as you can imagine, that takes a huge team of people, but it does make my life easier. It's like if you need to grow your business. ZipRecruiter makes hiring easier because they do the work for you. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job and you can invite your top choices to apply. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of January the 1st, 2022. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com beef to try it for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com beef. get off the bus and are led by the ancient bus driver into a huge but tasteful mansion. You are taken up a marble staircase and through a heavy oak door and then, in front of you, the actor Ted Danson smiles. You saw my postcard, huh? I've seen those bears you make at the Constructor Bear Warehouse. Such exquisite bears, such intricate craftsmanship. Those fine, fine bears. Could it really be true that the actor Ted Danson is aware of you? I own every Constructor Bear warehouse in America. Did you know that? Said the actor Ted Danson. And the best workers with the finest hands, the most gentle touch, we invite them here to harvest my grain. We harvest by hand here. The harvesting is coming. The loaves must be made. Will you help me with that? Will you harvest my grain? Grain really has become a central part of an actor's power within the current Hollywood system. 
people wonder why James Corden is seemingly cast in every movie despite being a complete disaster in all of them. Well, when he isn't filming, which isn't often, (laughs) he's busy overseeing his huge grain stocks. He has got huge stocks. We are talking grains and grains and grains of grain. And these huge stores of grain just give him power in the system. And so the actor Ted Danson in recent years has built this powerful grain reserve. With this powerful grain reserve, the actor Ted Danson is calling the shots. So if you sign him up for a movie, before he even signs the contract, before he's even in the room with the contract, he will sit you down and make you address him as the Lord of the Sun. I've witnessed this and it's pretty weird. You lie out under the stars, a small fire turning to ash at your feet, beans and milk heavy in your stomach, the stony ground beneath you, the vast black Wyoming sky above. Across the hillside, hundreds of other former Constructive Air Warehouse employees bed down and wait for tomorrow. The harvesting. You've done it. You're a cowboy now. But your cows are wheat. The finest hand-harvested wheat. Pride swells in your chest like a teddy bear overfilled with stuffing. You drift off to sleep. A hundred miles away, the man who swallowed the eight ball is being transferred by a helicopter to a bigger hospital in Denver. You do still get the odd celebrity who does insist on still being paid in money, you know? So there's the woman who played Mindy in Mork and Mindy, Tom Hanks's son... Tom Hanks's other son, Eddie Redmayne. And, you know, yes, these people are rich, but they are essentially powerless in the Hollywood grain-based system. And, you know, you'll go around to their house for, 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 for a lemonade party or some such, and on the surface, it all looks great. You know, expensive furniture, huge infinity pool. In some cases, Tom Hanks will be there. But there are signs that it's not all 100%. You know, for example, if, if they've got a tortoise, the shell will be all sort of scuffed and dull and it'll be looking really unhealthy and, and, and actually sort of quite sad. You know, a lot of people don't realise that you can polish a tortoise in much the same way that you'd polish a piece of furniture. You know, quick blast of pledge and all it takes is just sort of 30 to 45 minutes of really, really concentrated rubbing. And I mean really concentrated. And, and you do notice sort of quite a, quite a negligible difference there. You, you know, you, you, you have to look closely, but you can see it. Give it another 30 to 45 minutes. Three hours later, you wake. Smoke catches in your throat. The valley below is ablaze, acre upon acre of wheat, burning, 
It's the biggest fire you will ever see. And the sky, the sky is pink. And who is in that sky? They're floating. They have horns and a beak. Is it a person? Sweeping Valley below the palatial villa that opens out into a vast plain filled with golden wheat fields as far as the eye can see, with rivers and tributaries feeding the fields, perfectly optimized for the creation of grain? Uh, yep. It's all on fire. Oh, shit. Dr. Ted Danson pulls back the shutters. Everything as far as the eye can see is his property, and it's all on fire. The energy of the sun captured by each grain is released into the atmosphere, wasted. The power of the sun is being squandered for nothing. A tear forms in the actor Ted Danson's left eye. In Colorado, an eight ball clatters down onto a steel surgical tray. The actor Ted Danson knows who this was. The actor Ted Danson knows who this is. The actor Ted Danson grits his teeth. He looks at the pink sky and through those gritted teeth he says, Bimsy. me to record that again no that was good okay i i really can't thank you enough for getting me this job work's been a bit thin on the ground recently (laughs) got these huge debts these huge grain debts to the actor ted danson thanks to stefan ashton frank rose johnson and susan harrison shinytortoise.net. Hello, uh, I saw your advert online about tortoise buffing. Oh, excellent. What service are you looking for? Yeah, what it is is I've got this tortoise and it's, um, it's quite scuffed. Hmm. 
and, and tarnished really it's got a um, I'd say the finish is very dull uh, and it's not really why I bought a tortoise if you know what I mean yeah I totally know what you mean That's, it, it can be a bit upsetting when they get like that um I understand. It was expensive when I bought it, and yeah. we've only had it 18 months, and it's already looking quite kind of dull. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I'm really sorry to hear that, and... Um, you've, Thank you. You're welcome. Um, you've definitely come to the right place, so, Good. yeah. Because I, th- I think, I, obviously you can't see it, and I can probably mm. send you a photograph, but I think even then, I don't think that's going to capture exactly quite how depressing it looks. Yeah. Um, so if you just take my word for it, mm-hmm. I mean, I can send you a photograph, I don't y- know if that would help. No, that, I mean... Or I could maybe send you a video of, like... My friends and family reacting to it. That, that, that would be great. A reaction videos are something that we kind of draw on quite a lot here. So yeah, if you could WhatsApp me a, a reaction video, um, that would just be just to see, just because you'll see in their eyes, especially kids, they're so disappointed when they see it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, what, and what I'm getting at is that I'm not, I'm not sure that just a hand buffing is, is going to do the job. Oh, okay. It's really tarnished then. Honestly, yes. Yeah. I was wondering whether, but you're the expert. But maybe you could use one of those big round. Mechanical floor buffers, they use for like wooden floors in a school hall. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure, I can get access to one of those. With a very tarnished tortoise, yeah, you're right. Sometimes a hand buffing won't do it. Yeah, oh, thank God you understand. Mm, yeah, of course. Um, shall I get you booked in then? I, uh, yeah, before we do that, can I just ask, is the tortoise harmed at all during the process? Especially if you're using one of those big floor buffers. Well, uh, first of all, I would never harm a tortoise. No, no, I, I didn't I didn't mean to suggest that... Look, I, I love would. tortoises, and I've dedicated my life to making sure that they look their best, so... No, no, I, no, I get it. But, you know, I understand why you might be worried. Um, all I can say is that I have a guarantee. You can find it on my website, shinytortoise.net. Um, if I harm your tortoise or terrapin, I also do terrapins, in any way, I will box up all of the possessions in my house, including the white goods, chest freezer, separate washer and dryer, all my husband's stuff, his bike, his fishing stuff, and I'll put that all in the back of a van, yeah? And I'll drive to your house, mm-hmm, and I'll put it all on the pavement outside your house, and you can have whatever you want. And once you've picked all of the things that you want from my possessions, all of my worldly possessions, once right. you've taken what you want, I will burn the rest and cook you a meal on the embers. Wow. Yeah. Not many businesses go that far when it comes to customer service. No, they, they don't. Well, maybe John Lewis, but yeah, that's my guarantee. <laughs> wow, well, um, you know what? It's a bit perverse, really, but... Now I'm actually sort of hoping you do harm my tortoise. <laughs> what? No, not not really. I, I'm just saying, like you know, I'd, I'd get all of your possessions. Uh, sorry, I think that's disgusting. No, hang on, hang on. You you're the one that's that's a suggested that, and and, and b you're about to take a floor sander to a living thing. Yeah, but only so because you asked me to. I just want to be able to see my face and my tortoise. Is that too much to ask? Look, it's not easy running a tortoise buffing company, you know. Oh, here we go. No, but did you think about how it is for me? I mean, most people are happy with their manky, weathered old tortoises as it is. And Sorry, why are you telling me this? And this is exactly why I prefer to spend my time with tortoises. Fine. Fine. 
You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun. Video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. (laughs) In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Shire. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.